Trades, baby, trades. It's Leafs talk. Brand new Toronto Maple Leafs team. Rejuvenated Toronto Maple Leafs team. More importantly, rejuvenated tr- Maple Leafs talk. Uh, J.D. Bunkus, Ronnie Radio. <laughs> you want to call it Rusty Radio. Whatever it is, joining me today. Okay, so yeah, Leafs dominate the Habs 5-1. Um, I, I have a lot from this game. I'm hoping that we can kind of keep this one tighter, but... We, we got to start with the trades because people mm-hmm. were asking for emergency podcasts all day. I'm like, listen, you got to chill out. I'm not doing two podcasts today. All right. We'll figure it out. We'll get one in today. We'll get one in tomorrow. But yeah, Leafs acquire Nolachari. They get Ryan O'Reilly, the centerpiece of the deal. I, I, I'm going to ask you this two part question. What do you think of the trade? And second part, are we sure Ryan O'Reilly is the actual centerpiece? Okay, so first of all, uh, nice to be with you. Um, can you maybe turn your TV off there or something? You're flashing at me a little bit. It's kind of a little, uh, it's a little bit fishy. Fun. Okay? It's a little, like, it's I, just, a little I wanted to have a little bit of the dunk contest in the background. You got to be <laughs> oh, a yeah. rat. Oh like, yeah, well, so you watch the G Leaguers cram at home over a car. <laughs> Sick. Yeah. Um, and first of all, what I thought of the trade, I thought it was an incredibly steep price to pay. Uh, I think two things can be true. I'm excited by the idea of Ryan O'Reilly. I like the acquisition of Nola Chari as a good fourth line guy. Um, but I just think they paid a lot and that was my initial reaction and it's still my reaction. I think it's something that clearly gave the team a boost. You could see it today. Every single guy in the morning skate talked about how incredibly exciting it is to have, you know, make a trade like that, the boost it brings, and you see it on the ice. These guys are fired out of a cannon. It's the best they've played at the start of a game in a really long time. So from that perspective, I think it's really good, but I just think they paid a lot, bud. Well, that's true. And you already used my two things can be true line. So uh, I, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm stuck with this now. No, I'm kidding, buddy. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm with you. Okay. I saw the price and I thought, holy crap, that's a lot more than I would have expected for those two guys. Now, they added some salary retention, which adds a fourth-round pick. I think it's a little strange that Leaf fans have such, like, so many Leaf fans just seem to not care about draft picks whatsoever, mm-hmm. when a big part of this roster for years now has been the fact that they haven't been able to supplement their top-end talent with other draft picks that have been able to come up and provide impact. And yeah, do I like understand the case to be made of ship out the picks now because they're not going to help you for three years? Yep. It also does kind of stink that they put themselves in this position because I will say watching them tonight, my biggest takeaway was the same thing that you had, which is all of a sudden the team looks deep. They Mm -hmm. really needed two more forwards. They really needed two more forwards desperately. And you don't, you got to pay for guys like Ryan O'Reilly this time of year, right? Like it's just, it's coveted for a reason. Players coveted for like, want it for a reason. Guys who have won guys who've won Selkies guys who won con Smythe. Like you don't mm-hmm. get that cheap come deadline time, especially with a limited amount of players. But yeah, I, I am a little surprised that it seemed as though people looked at this as kind of like a bit of a fleecing when in reality, it, it's absolutely two rental players that the Maple Leafs are getting for a couple months, which is, Again, a fine trade for them. I mentioned basically all last the last two, three weeks. I've been kind of pumping the tires for the Leafs to go out and get Ryan O'Reilly. I yep. thought that he was the best available option for them. I, I stand by it again tonight. But, yeah, uh, this, this kind of is it for Kyle Dubas. And if he doesn't end up staying as the Toronto Maple Leafs general manager, 
the next guy to take the job is going to go, sorry, like, what do we have for draft it's, picks? Why? No, it's Shapiro and Atkins taking yeah. over for Alex Anthopoulos. It's like, yeah. it's crazy, the parallel. The, you know, the cupboards outside of what's on the ice right now are pretty bare. And listen, there's a million fan bases in the NHL would kill to have what the Leafs have. And I'm not, like, whining about that. But one of the big problems with this sort of era, and like you, you mentioned it, is not being able to, you know, bring in cheaper talent, cheap high-end first and second round picks that have been able to kind of fill in around the blanks and you've had to bring in, you know, minimum guys to do it, like your Zach Aston Reese's of the world and your Malgans of the world and these kind yeah, of and guys. And they just haven't hit on those dudes, right? No. Like, like they've Listen, hit on they the hit Michael on Buntings. Bunting right? and Camp and these kind of sure. guys, but, but like you need some, some guys that are going to be high draft picks to come in here and contribute. Yeah. Um, I, I think that it's pretty clear, though, that they're, they're just all in. And yes. and that's the thing that you realize right now. Mm-hmm. This team is looking at this as a two-year window. There's no other way to to put it. I think it's kind of important now for the Leafs to try to resign O'Reilly and hope that he does end up taking the sweetheart deal. There's a bit of buzz right now that Toronto was a place that he wanted to be, and so St. Louis tried to facilitate it. But to me, just this trade man is so perfect for Toronto for a, a variety of different reasons. You get some guys that can play in the, like down the middle on your roster, you mm-hmm. get some guys that can get bumped out to the wing. Achari's a right hand shot who can play center for you. Ryan O'Reilly brings the pedigree. He brings some of the toughness and size on the boards. You saw it a couple of times tonight. Like the guy is just strong on pucks. The other thing you really notice is that when you bump him up with the Tavares line, yeah, the pace is not crazy great, but those two guys in front of the net is havoc. That is a problem for teams to try to move those two bodies. And in games where it's going to become playoff hockey very, very shortly here, where it's going to be about getting dirty, gritty playoff style goals, I think you added a guy that is really going to help you in that regard. So all of a sudden, guys just look properly tonight. And I know I'm looking at that with excited eyes, right? And I know I'm looking at that against a Montreal Canadiens team that's full of nobodies who's it's rot. Yeah, they're awful. But just the Leafs, they didn't have Ryan O'Reilly in the place that I want to see him mostly, which is the Mm -hmm. third line center. And then you remember that this team is going to add Matthew Nyes, who had way too much pressure on his shoulders a couple of days ago in terms of what he was supposed to provide for this team. But now you're looking at at least three forward additions ahead of the deadline with a bonus couple of weeks for Sheldon Keefe to be able to play around with this, build chemistry potentially on a power play unit, penalty kill uh, with a bunch of different line mates. I got to say, I I think that this is a win. This is a real win for Kyle Dubin. You're back. I'm back. I'm, yeah, I'm, I, man, I, the team I watched tonight, I just, I really like them. And it, it, it just removing that level of AHL caliber talent and kudos to Pontus Holmberg, who had some really good games for this team and had some moments with this group and mm-hmm. someone who I think can contribute down the line in the future. I thought you could see that the NHL schedule was starting to wear on him a little bit. And like he's a four, a player. So is Joey Anderson. They've had a lot of those guys. All of a sudden you look at this lineup and it's just all NHL forwards. I loved what I saw tonight. I'm really encouraged by it. Again, one game against a lousy team on a night where the building is red hot and there's big time energy in the building. Mm-hmm. But I think this team needed a shot in the arm right now. I think home ice matters. I think getting those extra two weeks to figure out what these guys matters. And I think what Ryan O'Reilly and what Nolachari bring to this team is like exactly what they've been missing. It's just it's hard for me to really nitpick it, even though, yeah. If they lose in the first round, that's always been the case. It's going to be a disaster. But now, especially when you sit at the draft floor and go, hey, Dubas, like, not you guys don't even need to show yeah, up. They're not, they're not there. <laughs> they, they Imagine have... being in the scouting department. Those guys just sit there with their paper. 
<laughs> like, they're like, why do we even have scouts? Dude, imagine the guys. <laughs> there should that be had no. To go on the there road. should be no more amateur scouts for the Leafs. It's like just Dude. pro scouts, only pro scouts. Sorry, amateur scouts, your jobs are now done because we don't have any more picks. <laughs> the guys who miss their miss their like daughter's birthday to be sleeping on a couch in Finland to watch some. <laughs> Look at that that trade. <laughs> Just reading what oh, they came I'm ruined. <laughs> <laughs> I hope they got something for that other than what they're already getting. Anyway, so, I'm, a big, like, I'm a big fan of it. I like the trade. Again, it's a steep price, but it's a price that I I basically expected. I thought maybe they were going to add a nut or like they were going to have one less pick in there. Maybe they were going to throw in a Topi or a Robertson into a deal like this. But I'm definitely not doing the whole the Leafs kept their best prospects thing because they were never given up nyes because they continue to put themselves in that position where they haven't had first round talent that's helped this team. And now all of a sudden, like they really need that kid to supplement the next three years. So he's not going anywhere. No. And listen, they gave up their second most valuable asset, which is the first round pick this year. Like they're, you know, that's more whatever than the Topies and the Ronies and Fraser yeah. Mitten or whatever. Like their number one asset is, is Matthew Nyes. Yeah. And their number two was this year's first round pick and they gave it up and that's fine. Like I listen, I really don't want to get painted into the corner of guy who hates Ryan O'Reilly because that's really my nightmare. I've always dreamt of Ryan O'Reilly on the Toronto Bay Police, and I had to pinch myself pretty hard tonight when I'm watching the starting lineup for the Toronto Maple Leafs be Mitch Marner, John Tavares, and Ryan O'Reilly. That's an incredible moment in Leaf fandom. And look, that first shift was absolutely electrifying. Yeah, I was like, oh my God, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen. And then they didn't have a good shift for like, kind of the rest of the game yeah like they like they they had a couple where they like got it in on the walls but like their 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 chances flat out they didn't have a ton of other chances throughout the game but like that first shift was like oh my god they have the best line in hockey this is unbelievable so i i have to say though i wouldn't love playing Tavares and ryan o'reilly together a lot like i know like you kind of glossed over it there when you were mentioning about the pace thing or whatever I don't think those two guys playing together against anybody that's got a lot of speed is a recipe for success. Like, I think we know that the speed was not Ryan O'Reilly's game. Like, I think everybody who, when they made that trade, they knew he's not Mr. Fleet of Foot. He's not a burner. It's not a, at all what his game is. But I think he may be way more well-suited playing with a couple guys with pace. Like, I could really picture him playing with, you know, playing with a Yarncroc, playing with an Angval, playing with somebody on the third line where he elevates that third line even further. I know you mentioned that. But I wouldn't say I necessarily loved the mix of O'Reilly and Tavares other than below the hash marks and below the dots, like you said. But you got to get the puck there. You still need to get the puck down there, which could be a bit of a labor when those two guys are playing together but god you're right those two guys are you know just horses they're a lot to deal with in front of the net they're just big bodies battling and they're really good with tips and sticks and on their backhand around the net so you maybe you go to that in a power play situation or if we need a big goal down late or something you put those two guys out there when you have the offensive zone yep. but i am a, i would say i'm a little bit worried about the pace with those two guys playing together against faster teams and and but that's the thing that's what that was always going to be the the trouble with Ryan O'Reilly is he's not fleet of foot. And, and no. you saw that tonight. There were a couple moments in transition defensively where you went, oh, boy, yeah. he looked like he was stuck in mud a little bit. Stayed I don't with think, a backpack on at some yeah, points. But, but also, he was never a speed and pace guy. And this is my kind of point about that I've always made about building the two teams, right? One for the playoffs and one for the regular mm-hmm. season. 
in a regular season right now where you're watching a guy like Ryan O'Reilly on a crappy St. Louis team where they're giving him no fun minutes, where they're asking him to do a lot yeah. of diesel stuff. He's playing against stuff. every team's top uh, top uh, group just getting caved in, playing with bad yeah. teammates, bad goaltending. Like, it's tough. It's a tough situation. But that's where you're going to start talking about his speed, right? Yes. You're going to start pointing out the parts of his game that aren't the same anymore because he's going to become a player who gets acquired at the deadline and he's an older player at the deadline. It's very rare. There's only a couple of guys every year like, look at the situation that had to happen for Bo Horvat to get traded or what's mm-hmm. going to happen for Timo Meyer, right? Like, yeah. there are those rarity guys that are entering that echelon of, remember when Mark Stone got traded from the Senators, right? Like, there's that mm-hmm. caliber of player that is going into the $10-plus plus million contract that's available at the deadline because their team is not going to keep them and yeah. they want assets back. And then there's the journeyman vets who have done it before, who are coming up on the ends of their deal or coming up on spots where they're not competitive anymore. And what happens? People nitpick their games. That's mm-hmm. what happens. And he's not he was never a burner. He's a no. super this is what he is. He's a plotter. He's a guy that is beloved in the room. I yep. asked around today. I was telling you earlier when I saw you. I was firing out some texts to some people that either played with him, coached with him, you know, have been around him in his career. The guy is someone that when like when he's on, they talk about like, dude, who cares? What is mm-hmm. the thing about this team at times that has been missing? A guy who cares. Mm-hmm. A guy who can step into this roster and give them some of those intangibles. A guy who, yeah, below, and when they go up against the boards, you're going to feel like, yo, he's going to come he can, out with he that. Can win a, he can win he, a puck battle. He's going to get sure. that puck. Yeah. He's going to yeah. win in front of the net. And you know mm-hmm. what his elite trait is? For those that don't know, I know you know this, but mm. it's hand-eye. That's yeah. what this guy is elite at, hand-eye coordination. You know what that's going to be really good with? When they need a greasy goal in the playoffs and Mitch Marner funnels one towards the net and he's able to get a stick just on one. Just chopping at it. So, I, no, I, I just, listen. No, you're I just right. Think we're going to judge is... him in the playoffs is all like it's just yeah. looking at his foot speed and some of the stuff that he isn't going to do right now. Some of the fits that he's going to have. I think you're right that ultimately the place that I'd really most excited to see him is on the third line when they get Matthew Nyes and then deciding, you know, who's going to play on that other wing with them and how they're going to try to balance those out to find three lines and then have that just like kill the clock group. That's going to involve Engvall and camp and probably Kerfoot. So or, by or the... Zach Anderson Reese, sorry. By the way, uh, Matthew Nye scored overtime winner tonight against Penn State after scoring the goal. winning goals for him now this season. Yeah, that's, we like that. Um, I just also wanted to mention another thing about Ryan O'Reilly that is uh, very important to me and, you know, matters to me. Just elite hockey style. Guy yes. looks oh, unbelievable. 10 out of 10. The, the tooth, the, the beard, yeah, the yeah. everything. He's a handsome like, son of a bitch. He looks yeah. great out there. Like he's yeah. got that. He's got the old school Bauer bucket, like the yes. 4,500, no the visor. white chin strap. He's got the skates tucked in right. Like the jersey's fitting perfect. Yeah. He looks like he's, I know this is, he's from the area I get. It. He looks like he was born to wear the blue and white. Like he, yeah, he really does. does look like he's been a leaf his whole life. After seeing him in the jersey for the first time, I'm like, <laughs> I regret every take I've ever had on this immediately. He just looks so good in the jersey. He really does. Well, he's gone three straight teams wearing blue. But that still happened. though, this yeah. one though, this one's I'm, different. I'm just saying we've seen him win a and cup. And the blues have gorgeous jerseys too. I know. So. I'm just saying we saw yeah. him win a cup wearing blue. <laughs> So so they're wearing their white jersey when they won. Yeah, <laughs> it translates a little bit more when that yeah. ends up happening. Yeah. Anyway, um, the guy that really popped tonight, though, is Nola Chari, who you and I were joking a little bit earlier about how, you know, he's faced the Leafs in playoff series before. He's with the Bruins, and I, it's not like I had all these glowing, oh, my God, I'm afraid of Nola yes. Chari takes. But he popped tonight, man. And again, it just it's the difference between an NHLer 
who has had 53 play postseason games, I want to say, yeah. versus a guy like Pontus Holmberg or Joey Anderson, who is like desperately trying to cling to being able to play eight minutes a night in the NHL. I just going back to our text that we sent earlier in this game. Uh, I said Achari was the centerpiece, and you said Achari is my favorite leaf. Yeah. And then I laughed, and you said trade 34 to clear cap space for him this summer. <laughs> And that was after he just <laughs> threw like a, a nondescript hit along the boards where I was like, yeah. oh, my God. Oh. I think he had five or six hits tonight. No. Your mic just dropped out. Dropped out? Oh, yeah. No, for a second there. Now it's back. What were you saying? Okay. I just said that um, he had two or three really good chances tonight like to actually yeah. score. And I thought he was mixing it up uh, like below the net, hitting guys, kind of involved. So I like that from him tonight. I thought he had a really good debut for the Leafs. Yeah, he popped. Uh, yeah. Again, that made that I, fourth line relevant. Like, I thought yeah. Zach Aston Reeves was trying way harder than he usually has in the past. Well, not trying hard, but it looked more noticeable. Kerfoot looked good on that fourth line. So I thought they had a little bit more identity. And like you said, it just looked like there's more guys. They just look yeah. like a team full of NHL guys now. Just everyone got properly slotted. Yeah. And now, again, you have the ability as this team to not force David Camp up the lineup or force Alex Kerfoot into playing center where he's just not nearly as good at it, man. They traded for Alex Kerfoot. They thought he could play center. It just, it hasn't been a thing the entire time he's been a Maple Leaf and you and I like David camp, but dude, he just scored a layup of a goal tonight to crack a O for 28 streak with a goal. Like it's just, they, they did not have that punch down the lineup. And now all of a sudden you can knock a player or two down Mm -hmm. And you just have NHL players all the way through the top 12 with, again, a 13th forward coming who's the best prospect that you have in the system who's 20 years old and has six game-winning so, goals in college. So I think the final piece to this deadline is to add one more piece on the back end. Yep. And I thought, you know, Sandine has been pretty bad here for quite a long stretch of time. I would say maybe the last month or the last few weeks at least he hasn't really been playing that well. And I didn't think he had a really good start to the game tonight. I thought him and Hall were pretty bad. I, you know, I think there's still a promise for Sandine to be a really, you know, decent NHLer. But his trajectory in terms of what he is is not matching up with your sort of like what they did at the this deadline, trading all those picks to get it doesn't match up with developing Sandine. Like to me, it's starting to become more and more clear that if they're gonna maybe trade someone now that they've traded all their picks in the next two years drafts to get a to get a, a bona fide defenseman. Maybe he's somebody that you look at doing it with. Do you agree or no? Well, I mean, I've been doing this for weeks. Yeah. Um, to me, he's too small. He's too slow. Yeah. And he gets hemmed so, in. So he gets hemmed in by bigger teams so badly. I, I don't even, I don't even need to qualify this with the whole, like he could be amazing. I don't think he's going to be amazing. I think that I think he'd be a decent NHLer. He's a fifth or sixth defenseman, yeah. maybe a four guy. Maybe he can run a second power play. Like, mm -hmm. I, I just, I don't see it. And I don't see the fit with this team now or even in the future. Like, people are talking about how they don't have defensemen under contract, whatever. It's like, he's not the guy you want to go in the postseason with. And you just gave Connor Timmons a contract extension on the cheat that mm -hmm. gives you a little bit of a buffer for the next two years. So it's like, you look down the left side at what they have under contract with giving Morgan Riley that extension. There's just no room for Sandine here. He's not a fit for this group in a postseason series. Like it's just, mm -hmm. it's, there's no reality where I'm going to feel that way. And so, yeah, if a team wants to give you something for Rasmus Sandine, I think now is the time to trade him 
because the team gets a year and a half of control. They get him into the building. He gets to end up having the full camp. You know, you, you, you bring him in and you hope that he can develop into that, like kind of first round talent. I just, I don't see it. I think that if you wait, then all you're doing is devaluing him as a player because he's not, he's likely not going to play in the playoffs. He's certainly not going to play every game. Like maybe he's in another lineup for the playoffs. I don't think there's a seven D situation anymore, but all you're going to end up doing is knocking down his price. So yeah, I'm with you. I'd say move him now. Okay. Uh, from tonight, uh, Again, I thought that the forward balance was nice. I thought that mm-hmm. the Leafs forecheck was noticeably better. I thought that the energy in the building was obvious and that the players really fed off of it. I'm really happy with that. I will say that maybe this is my old negative Nancy part of me is as much as I love the flexibility and I love the pop. And I think that they needed it right now because the Leafs had felt flat for a little while since coming out of the break. Maybe that's just the opponent. Who knows what that is? But I like that they're going to have these extra opportunities to cat or pass Tampa or put some space between them and Tampa. Mm-hmm. But I did think about something like you you get that pop a couple of weeks later might be better for you from an energy standpoint. I don't know what the pros and cons of that are. But anyways, I think the only guy to really hmm. talk about tonight game wise. That's interesting. Um, they, they, they should have waited a little bit longer to uh, pull the pull the energy. Yeah. I just think that it's like the shot the lever group. Yeah. The lever? Like the lever, yeah. the lever. Yeah. It's like, I'm just saying that it's a little bit of a counterbalance to the, you get more time to be creative with your lines and build chemistry yeah, yeah. and yeah, fair back enough. points. Cause like that was noticeable tonight that like oh, they yeah. kind of, you know, they used a bullet on the Montreal Canadians on a hockey night in Canada. Like, <laughs> yeah. well, just, I mean, they, they haven't beat the Habs yet this year, so maybe yeah, they I, it. <laughs> yeah. I can't believe Josh Anderson scored again on them too, but uh, I can't I can. <laughs> believe you can't believe that. Uh, I, I kind of want to talk about Joe Wall because he looked really shaky early on in the game. Yes. And I was basically like, holy crap, you can't have like put Shalgren in to start the second period. I thought that his dad was the stat keeper, was the scorekeeper because they had tabs at like 14 shots. I was yeah. like, uh, how do you have 14 shots when Joe Wall didn't make a save? I don't understand how <laughs> that's a possible, how that's a thing. But it was. Uh, I thought he settled in as the game went on. And then he actually mm-hmm. made a couple of saves for them to just like not have the game get into nervous territory. So. Um, nice little building block for the kid who yeah. I, I didn't feel very good about through his first, you know, four periods as a leaf. I really, I agree with you. And he made two really nice staves on odd man rushes right before the Leafs scored the second goal to go up two one when it was still a tie game. I think he stole, was it Hoffman that he stoned of the two on one where he came yep. across, made a really nice no. blocker save or some, it was, was it Hoffman or Anderson or somebody? Anyways, it, it was, was one guy. of the, it was, it was one an of actual the guy. It was a guy Hoffman. who I knew. <laughs> okay. The Hoffman. I know Hoffman. Wasn't it him? No, I know. I, I don't think it was. Maybe it was. Anyways. Hoffman. Anyways, who, so, who cares? Yeah, who cares? But it just, he was, he looked really solid on that play. And it kind of built, I think he kind of built confidence from that. And he went on and I agree with you. Like he looked 10 times more comfortable after the first period and maybe, you know, making a couple big saves, feeling it, you know, having the building be supportive and listen, playing goalie in the NHL can't be that, you know, it's, pretty hard it's a hard thing to do and like making a couple big saves can go a long way for your confidence and now maybe he feels like he belongs a little bit and they can have a bit of a run here where he's the real backup because you know murray's now on ltir night uh probably not no no i i I may i mean he's an ahl or he's used to three and threes maybe he can go again just play him again i i yeah sure like listen i i don't i don't hate that idea Yep. But I'm not going to die on either hill. Like, if they go with Shulgren, it's fine. I don't really care. But if they go with Wall, I think it would be a fine choice. And I think he'd be capable. I mean, the Hawks 
are really bad, although they just beat the Senators somehow yesterday, and Patty Kane had two goals. But um, the Senators are one of the most like pathetic defensive units that have yeah. ever been. Assembled. And they got and they got uh, they got me and Net, so yeah. it's not it's not really a pretty situation for them. But uh, yeah, I'd probably roll back with Wall tomorrow night and see how he does. I, I was impressed with you, man. Like I I think that was a real nice confidence building win for him to get that under his belt for the for this year and. Maybe maybe build some momentum to be the backup because I don't know how the hell long Murray's going to be out. He's on the LTIR now. I don't know what the cap gymnastics they're doing are with him on that, but I think he's gonna. They're gonna need him here. And Samsonov's sick. Why not? I'll give him another one. You've convinced me. Well, Shalgren's on the bench tonight. Yeah, poor guy. He just always looks sad. (laughs) He's got a sad face. I know he's got a permanent sad look about him where he's like, (laughs) uh, it 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 looks like they told him right before the game he was gonna play, and then they're like, nah. <laughs> Trick ya! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all night looking sour. Uh, he's had worse stats in the AHL. He's like the only Marley that somehow is putting up bad stats. He's played a bunch of the Leafs. I think that he's a he's a four A goalie type yes. that you already kind of know what you have in him. Yeah. With Wool, that's that's the key for me. Is he's not supposed to factor in the come playoff time at all. No, of course not. You're, you're dead if he does anyway. There's no like, <laughs> oh, he got an extra game against the Blackhawks. He's like, you know, <laughs> but there is a part of me that goes, well, Matt Murray now has been hurt twice and I'm not banking on the fact that, oh, he gets back healthy. and He's fine again. I think mm-hmm. you just continue to give the ball to a guy that could end up being your backup this year. Hell, maybe he's their backup next year. If Ilya Samsonov wants the bag and they but can't get something will. done there. Um, yeah. so yeah, I just I think you roll the kid. I don't think that the workload was anything crazy tonight. You're playing Chicago, like it's yeah, it's a, yeah, it's no, a pretty I think feeble opponent. Give him a shot. You're right. You're right. Um, Bunting. Yeah. Other thing, yeah, Matthews tonight. And Bunting. Uh, Bunting. You want to go Matthews first? Uh, you can go Bunting if you want. I just, well, I just my Matthews thing is very short. He loves the Habs. Like he likes to feast on them and he there's does. something about like it's like a bull sees red, Matthews sees those Habs jerseys, and he's like, Yeah, I'm gonna turn it on. The play he made on the boards, like like taking two guys on and then just finding William Nylander for a little tap in was just gorgeous. I thought he was kind of hunting his shot again tonight. He just felt dangerous. It felt like he was playing with his food. I liked him. You know what that remind, you know what it made me think of as like an NBA play where the guy's like, you're too small. You're too small. When he, when he just like busted out of there and it's just this big six foot three guy who's so super strong at his skates, big upper body just plows through there. Honestly, it gave me a little bit of Mary Lemieux-esque the way he went through there. It was just like, oh my God, that was that was breathtaking. And then the no-look pass on the tape to Willie. Uh, yeah, he loves to kill the Habs. And I that might be my favorite thing about Austin Matthews is that he legitimately hates the Habs and he loves to light the Habs up. He used to light Carey Price up. Every game they played in the Bell Center, like with Carey Price, he'd go bar down on him and love it. Except for, you know, game. I was going to say, except for five. when it mattered the most. Except, yeah. except for a game five, six, and seven. <laughs> But we don't think we're not thinking about that. <laughs> bubble hockey didn't count. Yeah. Was that bubble? Oh no, it wasn't bubble. Ah. They no, were rattled just... from tomorrow's being hurt. Yeah. No, Ted was a sleeper agent. It's, it wasn't fair. It was, it was... that didn't count. <laughs> didn't count. But no, yeah. I, I I agree. I thought he was excellent tonight. I thought Bunting was excellent tonight too. Same. He had a couple goals and he's just popping. He was in the mix. Like I I thought he was playing on that line tonight. You know he wasn't over the top in terms of his whining and screaming at the refs and whatever. He was in the blue paint. He scored two really nice goals, nice one-timers, both of them. So off a nice pass, by the way, from uh, Ryan O'Reilly off the wall into the middle for that secondary assist. That was a really nice play. But yeah, thought bunting was really good as the price goes up, Bunk. 
Yeah. Um, I I still don't know what the future holds for him. I'm just going to no. kind of enjoy the now, but absolutely. I, I just, I really respect that Michael Bunting is able to bring it the same way basically every single night. Yeah. Yep. That and he's just been a consistent player. You know what you're getting when you slot him in the lineup and there's been a little bit more of that scoring touch. And I, I think that like the way that he celebrates, I don't know if it's me projecting, but it's almost like he knows he's getting more money on every goal. So he's just like extra. Like, he, up on there's a few Sally guys in the league. Yeah. He he's in the top 10 of hard Sally guys in the yeah. league. No yeah, doubt. He, like he loves a goal. Yeah. Like he goes on that little crouch and he's like, yeah. oh, he's like, I'm so rich. I, <laughs> I'm I, rich. <laughs> I think I've mentioned this before, but um, yeah, he just, he really does play with real enthusiasm and yeah, I respect cares. the hell out of it. Like he's, he's obviously annoying as hell to the opponent and, you know, he's always yapping and to me and, sometimes. <laughs> yeah, of course. Oh, when he does the diving, I think that all yeah. the fans uh, of Cringe. a certain age, especially yes. uh, at a the, certain location. Uh, yeah, Maple that, and Etobicoke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, he was good again tonight. Uh, yeah. Let me just fly through my notes here, but I don't think I have anything else. Um, I, I, other than like, yeah, that Habs team, just really nothing. Ooh, I will say one bad negative thing I did have in the notes. Um, the goal that the Habs scored was just such a soft play by Morgan Riley. And those are the oh, things we couldn't does, We but. couldn't go through. 35 without Morgan Riley. You're right. Fine. I shouldn't have done it. Was, it, but it no, was a bad but it was turnover. It was just like, yeah. hey, here, have it. And I'm like, come and then on. like the hat, like the half stride back towards the front of the net where it, no, it's like it was not pretty. It was not yeah. pretty. Brody lost his man. That was just a bad goal. But listen, yeah. they won 5 1, so it's hard to nitpick on it, but it was a pretty ugly no, but goal. But there was also a lot, of, there was a stretch in that game where it felt like the Habs had like four 2 1 ones in a row. They did. That they didn't feel like that. That <laughs> happened very clearly. <laughs> I know. <laughs> And Joe uh, Wall bailed them out, and then they went down, and they put it away, and we forgot about those until yeah, right now. But, uh, but those were some s- sticky, sweaty moments where I was like, are you kidding me? Like, you guys, you really wanted to give Ryan O'Reilly and Achari the full tour. You said decided <laughs> to show them everything. You went, and we're, this is where we do the pee whack. <laughs> I was like, and yeah, they even decided to show them the dirt floor basement. They're like, here's the yeah. basement. Yeah, it's exactly. a little, It's unfinished right now. Yeah, <laughs> lots of spider webs, but I'll get rid of it. <laughs> don't go in that crawl space actually and yes we're going sh- in that crawl shout space. out shout out to hockey night in canada producer uh extraordinaire don't know who does it on the truck but the goal goes in for the habs bang right on ryan o'reilly's face looking up towards the scoreboard i'm like yeah. oh no one's safe this guy's yeah. debut go producers go right in his face loved it yeah, that was a tough one uh okay <laughs> so yeah we're back tomorrow night more of this uh i do hope that tomorrow night keith just continues to tinker like i'd love yes. to see him bump Absolutely. ryan o'reilly down uh oh i should also mention too as a kudos thing i don't think we give john Tavares enough credit for stuff like i know it's hockey and i know that uh it's kind of expected from guys like him but the fact mm. that like he would just move off center for a game and let the other guy just go down the middle and move to the wing captain of the team i just i thought that that was like a real nice character move I completely agree. And I will also say that it was probably the greatest night of his life. He's like, Oh my God. He's like, winger is so easy. He's like, I, said, I should, it's like, I should have played wing my whole life. Like, what am I doing? Like, I, like I played crappy hockey and like anytime I had to play center, it's a nightmare. I'm like who would ever do this? Like yeah. you have to play defense and offense. Yeah. Tavares is like, I'm out on the wing. All I have to do is yeah. just touch the puck and go to the net. Like this is sick. Let yeah. Ryan O'Reilly play center. I just, I, I do, I do have that appreciation for Tavares sometimes of 
he just he doesn't need the spotlight at all ever no, and no. he's just he is a guy low maintenance like, superstar yeah, exactly like i i think yeah. that conversation was not even like nobody involved in the maple Leafs was like hey john we're gonna move you to the wing and then they like no one above him was like how are we gonna approach this no they just asked you know? him and he's like yeah no problem yeah fine yeah, yeah. cool hey happy to play with a great <laughs> yeah, player obviously a tremendous honor to get to play yeah. with ryan o'reilly <laughs> another uh, captain i can learn a lot from he said that this morning <laughs> He did? Yes. No way. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm not surprised. That's his stock. <laughs> you got him right between the eyes. He said that literally this morning. <laughs> Sorry, JT. Oh, anyway, incredible. all right, let's wrap this sucker up again. Yeah. We're back tomorrow, uh, Leafs Blackhawks, and then a fun one on Tuesday. Um, this is uh, Leafs Talk, JD Bunkus, Sam McKee, a.k.a. Rusty Ron. <laughs> Uh, We'll see how long the duster lasts. Uh, We'll catch you tomorrow night. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching.